explore how your past experiences evolve you into your current self. All right, guys, we are back with part two of Generations, and we are actually about to dive into cultural differences between each of the generations. So like I said, I hope you have been tuning in so far, but it's okay. Jump right into part two. So one of the first questions I want to ask you guys is, how has culture truly changed over time, such as the customs, the norms, the values we have, or even the language that we have in society? How has it truly changed in each of our generations? Well, I think for me, uh, the baby boomer generation, uh, one of the big changes I see, of course, is the music. You know, we always talk about <laughs> music. Uh, right. and. I know you all don't want to hear me say this, but we could actually understand the words. But even more than that, it was a way of, of seducing another, per, you know, another person. You know, the 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 dances that you did were a lot more. You dance closer, you know, romantic. and it was more romantic. That's a great way to put it. Thank now we you. have twerking. Yeah, twerking. That's not romantic. That's, no, that's, that's like that's, uh, metropolitan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, so 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 the how we how we sent information to one another. Just generally, the whole culture I think was very different. Um, of course, there's always language, and every generation has their own language, their own slang words, and, and that type of thing, and, and that changes. That's kind of like a way of coding how you're going to talk to each other, so your parents don't understand what you're saying. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, so that you know, that's something I think every generation goes through. Um, but I also think that culturally, we've gone through some changes when it comes to what we value, and we, we talked a little bit about that. Um, your grandfather and I always talk about that we don't see the sense of loyalty uh, amongst people uh, in this generation that we saw in our generation. Um, people tended to stay at things for a longer period of time. They were more persistent um, in what they pursued as far as being willing to, willing to see it through to the end. Um, that, so there's a lot more jumping from one thing to another for your generation. Uh, and in some ways I admire that uh, because I think you have to have a certain sense of security, but at the, at the same time, it doesn't necessarily help you to build in the, the experience, the wisdom that comes along with hanging in there and, and working something through even when you don't want to do it. And, and so I think that that's a really important component um, that I've seen in, in the change. There's other, other values, too, that I think have changed. Um, not going to get into all of those, but I do think that's really, really big difference. That we do have a different value system of what's important to us um, versus what's important to you. I definitely have a few questions for what you have said, but I want to hear from you, Mom. What do you think are some of the biggest cultural differences? Cultural differences is back then when I was growing up, um, I think we had more uh, family structure for its values and how we worked. You know, um, the men and the women back there are what, look, you can see it on the job sites today. Uh, the young generation come in and 
they don't let sick time build up. They don't let vacation build up before they taking a the day off. Right. You work five days. I'm ready for vacation. <laughs> but back in the day, we were, you know, our, our work ethics was, was so much different than these kids now because we would go to work sometime and we had a cold. Nowadays, they got a slight headache. I'm calling off. So it's a difference. It's a difference on how we uh, looked at things back then because it wasn't that we had to pay, just we worked to pay bills. We were working to save. We you know we had like savings account, we was struggling, had structure. These kids get their paycheck and it's gone before their next paycheck come in. So, you know, it's a big difference in that, how they look at money versus how we look at money. We're we looking at money toward for our family. They're looking at money for pretty much for themselves. But I think you said something really important too, and, and that is, you know, when you work, you look at um, the future, but I also think, I know when I was raised, when I was a teenager and stuff like that, and I went to work, automatically a certain amount of my money went to the, to the house, to family. There was no, this is your money. And some families, I know the parents got the money and would give the kids back some of the money when they worked. Um, and so it was about the overall family unit and how you could support that family unit as you, and even young, you know, people were 21, because people didn't leave home as early. Um, and when I was growing up, people stay home, and it's amazing to me because I even have some neighbors who they're now in their 70s and 80s. They never left home, uh, but, oh. <laughs> but, but but you know, but that's that's not the normal. You know, that's not usual. But the the bottom line is, people stayed home until they had a plan of what the next step would be. Yeah. You know, whether it was to go to college or whether it was to go in the military. And of course, men had to go in the military back then. There wasn't such thing as you choose to. It was like you're going in, kind of thing. So so you kind of you had more of an understanding of what life progression looked like for you. Your life was more planned out, I think. Yeah, so. it was. It's more planned out. And and like with my generation, when my mom was raising all her kids after graduation, you know, everybody had a plan. They left. You know, they didn't stay home. And it was years and years before they even came back home. With you saying that, do you feel like millennials feel entitled or... Some yes. of you guys do. Yes. Not saying all, but some of you guys do. Y'all feel, some of you guys feel like uh, we supposed to do everything for you. And then I've met some young people like that. Like, I'm never leaving home. My mom's supposed to take care of me. She had me. Okay, but when you, but then you want to consider yourself as an adult. Okay, if you do that, it's time for you to step up to the plate and be the adult you want to be. So when those kind of things um, that I'm approached with sometimes, doing even in my after school program, kids always my my mom this, my mom that. I don't know why she told me it's my decision. I, I look at them dead in the How can it be your decision? You're just a child. <laughs> but I think for millennials that that there is a sense of entitlement, and I think there's pros and cons to it. But to me, when you want to feel entitled, that's fine but don't be so selfish about it that you're hurting other people or you're pushing away other people or not taking other people's feelings into consideration. Yeah. That's where I struggle with it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think that that entitlement uh, attitude can serve you well if you are willing to use it in a positive way. Exactly. And I feel like the way we use it in a positive way is with our careers or our professions. And because a lot of times our generation, we 
we have had more opportunities. We have had more exposure to different things. So I guess that's why we sometimes can have an individualistic approach to things because we're not necessarily thinking about having a family or, you know, getting married right away. We're thinking about how can I become a lawyer? How can I become a doctor? How can I do so, so, and so right away? And what do I have to do to get there no matter what? And that's something that a lot of people in our generation tend to do. And, you know, because there's a lot of competition now, there's a lot of a lot of people are trying to do the same thing. So you really have to make yourself stand out in a way. And I think that's something that we value a lot is individualism because without it, it's really hard to make it because like I said, there's so many people who want to do the same thing. But um, you said something about earlier about the language. I wanted to hear like don't some- of the I don't remember what, what's some of the sayings that you guys used to I, say back then? I can't remember. Some of the sayings? Let me see. Um, Jesus, that's a good one. Jeez, golly. <laughs> no, no, no. We, you don't hear us saying that. Our folks didn't say that. No. <laughs> I can't. Baby, go on the pile. Go on the pile. What? Yeah, yeah, that was on the pile. Jeannie Wiz. Jeannie Wiz? No. She said Jeannie Wiz. Jeannie Wiz. I haven't seen those no. two words in so long. Okay, but um, back in the day, we, are, we would say what's happening or what's up. Yeah, what's up? What, oh yeah, what's what's up? Yeah. Well, see, y'all say turn up. Let's get lit. That's the kind of stuff. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff, y'all. Because when I first heard lit, I mean, what are you talking about? Who are you talking about? What are you talking about? I mean, you can be. I was dancing one day, and this girl said, "Oh, she lit." I'm looking at her. What's lit? <laughs> she said, "Oh, you just partying." I'm like, "Oh, okay." I'm like, why are you not? I'm dancing. <laughs> um, I wish I could help. I really like my mind's a blank when it comes to oh that. Oh my gosh. Uh, what's happening? Um, what's going on? That's cool. Oh yeah, cool. We say cool, cool a lot. Yeah. Cool, cool. You guys. Yeah, you guys. Um, I don't know. <laughs> In our generation, like our music kind of influences our lingo. Like we have artists like. Thug, Yo Gotti, um, Lil Durk. Like we have all these little random art, like names for artists now. Like Cardi B, like it's different artists that you hear and you're just like, who, initials. who came up with these names? Like, yeah. And then like, if you listen to artists from like back then, you'll have like Earth, Wind and Fire. Temptations. Temptations. You know, times. it's a little more yeah. smooth and not so Harsh. urban. Urban, I should, that's a good word to say, urban. urban yeah. So, um, I would definitely say like some things like I was telling you earlier, we say like, oh girl, you're flexing, like, like you really like you're lying or that's really not true or that's a big cap. And it's like, that's a big lie that you just told. So it's like, we'll just make up different sayings from the music we hear because you'll hear it through the music. You'll hear it, you'll see it on social media and it just kind of becomes a part of our language, like our daily language. That's funny. You said, she said, get lit. You said, what is lit? <laughs> yeah, what's lit? Uh, that could have been, you can really light me up or something. I don't know. Right. No. <laughs> Serious. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh my gosh. So that's interesting that you guys say that because... Honestly, like you were saying, our generations are very similar in a lot of ways, but we just defer in smaller ways through social norms that have changed over time and social values that have been emphasized throughout different generations. So I know sometimes we have had cultural barriers 
through, you know, different topics. But what do you think are some cultural barriers that have happened to you during your generation? Like, well, obviously racism. Yeah. Yes, racism. You know, that that was a very big uh, issue. It's always been and still is, but Mm -hmm. um, how it's been dealt with has been different over generations. And of course, you know, in the 60s, they were the marches and they were the, the... Fires in the streets and the people being, you know, beat up and right. still beating some folks up actually. But you know, the, during the matches and uh, and so I think that it was much. The racism was more violent um, during the '60s, but out of that came a lot of good things as far as it opened some doors for education, it opened some doors for some opportunities for employment uh, and and some other things that had been really closed. Uh, And some just very simple things like where you sit on a bus, you know, very basic kinds of things. And and so I think that 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 was a a very big factor. what was the other kind of question? I'm sorry. Oh, that was it. I was just asking, okay. what do you think are some um, big culture barriers that may have caused you, um, you um, specific? I can't even get the word out. <laughs> Specifically, to not be able to accomplish things like during your generation. I know, like you were saying, racism. Like racism now in our generation, it can be at first for a long time it was undercover. Like you didn't really see it in your schools because you'll go to school with all races and you really wouldn't see it but sometimes the older you get you realize that it's still heavily involved you see it in colleges you see it with different um, programs that everyone goes through in life and sometimes it's not necessarily said to you but it is done like like you like I've been saying undercover and it can happen anywhere honestly and you know with a lot with the police and different things that have been happening over the years and it's definitely something that has been a small barrier in our generation, but I think for our generation, we don't necessarily always see it as a problem. It's because, like you're saying, we're so fast-paced. It's like you see like an issue maybe on Twitter or social media, and the next thing you know, you see something else the next day. Like Everything is so fast-paced, and we never take the time to fully deep dive into the situation. And... Yeah. But let me just add two other things to that, and that's the other isms. You know, sexism yeah. was an issue. You know, as, as females, you, and even now, they're just still trying to fix it as far as getting equal pay uh, and just the role that you were seen or supposed to, quote unquote, play uh, in the home. Uh, that's very different now from when it was when, when I was younger. Uh, women worked, especially African-American women, we always worked outside the home in some capacity. Yep. Uh, you know, so so that wasn't a new role for us, per se. But being able to take care of our family and then other families. I, I remember my mother worked in other people's homes and stuff, you know, but she still had to come home and take care of us or take care of her mother or other mm-hmm. people. And so, so we played a, a much broader role, I think, uh, than your generation does when it comes to having multitask like that. Um, so, so you have the whole sexism place, uh, a play, um, and then you have the, um, the gender piece and then you have the racism piece so and also like um did you want to add anything mom to this um pretty much um as i as i was growing up you know they even i got into the point that they separated the girls from the boys yeah so i i went to school pretty much with white and black girls 
And then the boys went to another school, but that was during the time they was having the riots and stuff like that as well. And eventually we fought back. I mean, everybody had a voice. We started speaking up and they put us back together. And that was just, a, a, I guess, a way of keeping us apart because at that time they didn't want us to blend in with the white guys mm-hmm. or the black guys to blend in with the white girls. You know, and so that was a way they kind of separated us because they didn't want any babies out here that yeah. was different colors. So no they didn't want us. No right. They didn't want no us. Chocolate right. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, you think about it, that's why they did it. That's, that, that was the only reason why they did it. Like, even though um, racism, racism was very prevalent, um, colorism is also very prevalent in our generation, too, yeah. because yes. on social media, literally, maybe every week I see something about light skin or a dark skin talking about, where are all my dark skin ladies at? Where are all my light skin, light skin ladies at? Where are all my brown skin like why can't it just but where are my women like it's like always separated categories of colorism and it's so i see it literally all the time even when i hear like some of my guy friends talk about you know what what kind of girls they like oh i like me a light-skinned girl like a little red bone i'm just like it's what does it matter light skin brown skin dark skin if she's treating you right why should the color her skin really matter and it's just like something i still see to this day but that has to do with our cultural history of yep. slavery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That came out of slavery when the slaves who were raped and they their children were quote unquote mulatto or lighter skin were brought into the house and they were they were taught well they learned to read because they were in the house around the slave master's children and as a result they were elevated and so they got better jobs and mm-hmm. and just historically it came down and became ingrained in us as, as African Americans that unless you were educated and of a certain skin tone, then you were not as as valuable. Good good word, yeah. You're not Mm -hmm. as valuable. And and as generations have gone on, that's been passed down. Not as much or as badly as it used to be, but it used to be really bad to the point where where African-Americans would separate themselves out. And they had clubs like the Jack and Jills who would not let you in if you were a certain color. You could not join that club. And so, and that was really, really bad. Yeah. yeah, I heard about that. That's crazy. That's crazy. But it's like it's history really repeats itself if you really think about it, because the issues that you had in your generation, we have the same issues in our generation, but they're just shown in a different light. Like, mm-hmm. like I was saying, you guys had the riots. You had to do the marches. Like we still have some marches sometimes with like the Black Lives Matter and different protests. But like I was saying, is more of uh, under kind of eye where you really have to dive in to see the racism because if you just go about your day and daily basis you're gonna think oh the world is happy go lucky but no like it's still things that are very prevalent in today's societies and all of our generations so i'm definitely um i definitely agree with you guys on the culture of barriers and it was one last thing i wanted to type um um like got whoa can i talk <laughs> it's one last thing i wanted to talk about was the growth and all of from your generation to my mom's generation to the generation that's today, which is not mine, but it's the generation after me. But um, I just wanted to see what were you say are the top three ways that we have grown in each of our generations? Like I can start, I would say diversity, opportunities and social media. So you're saying that's how your generation has grown? Yes. We have learned to diversify, you know, workplaces or 
colleges or different things. So it's not as, it's still segregated in some ways, but we have diversified from your time. Um, opportunity wise, I would definitely say that we, like I said earlier in the podcast, we are exposed to so many opportunities so often and so quick and we have the resources to get there now and also social media has become literally so pivotal 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 in our life that you can run businesses on it you can have different websites for your business you can do so much with social media you can have you can sell clothes you can do different things and people live off of social media you can make it a whole lifestyle like YouTube is people get paid for that millions and it's just interesting how that has definitely evolved over time so that's what I would say for millennials <laughs> what about you guys mm, independence uh, self-worth and uh, opportunities the reason I said that is because they open up a lot of opportunities for us to go to school, for us to do things, to make ourselves better. And a lot of us single moms or single dads got a chance to be independent where they weren't before, you know. So, and and then, you know, it helped us in the long run to um, learn how to become survivors. Hmm. We learn how to survive. Uh, and, and nowadays, these generation, if they don't make a certain amount of money, I said like this, in our generation, we could feed our family back in the day. If you had $10, I and mean, that's all we had, and we had like nine kids in the house, we could make that $10 stretch to feed every child in the house. Isn't it inflation rate when the, like, the cost of things go up and your money, I can't remember right now. The inflation? Inflation rate, like like the, the value of things go up so it becomes mm-hmm. higher. Yes. Yeah. So like our inflation rate has definitely changed yes. over the years. I mean, we had inflation too, but for the money that we were getting it, and it, just what you see, we, we saw the same thing, but it was in a different light, you know, because we didn't make a whole lot of money back then. Y'all make more now, and when the inflation rate goes up, it affects your money, of course, but we also felt the same thing that you felt yeah because based on our money that we had that's true that's very true okay i I think for my generation um there's so many things but to pick out three (laughs) and the final Um, three yeah yeah, the final three um i i think determination uh played a very important role in my generation because we we weren't where you are when it comes to opportunity but we were seeing, we could see through the door, we could kind of push it open a little bit and we could see, hey, there is opportunity out there for you there. If you just And this, this is baby boomers, right? This is baby boomers. Yeah. If you just do this, you know, if you just, and, and people push that door open and, and they ran through it and, and, you know, they got into colleges. There were a lot of special programs just to get more of us in. It was, it was a time of openness. And, and so I think that that was one thing. I think awareness, our generation was a very aware generation Um, Partly, again, because we saw the opportunity, but also because we had lived the past and and kind of bringing those two pieces together gave an awareness of what could be and a a knowledge of how what had been affected where we were at that point in time. Mm -hmm. And so so developing a sense of awareness, I I think, is really important. the other piece I think, and you both mentioned, is independence. I think that just 
being an African-American woman, we've always been somewhat independent on some level. Yes, sisters. Um, it, it just kind of comes, it just kind of comes with the package. Thank yeah. you. Exactly. And so I, you know, so I think all of us claim that mm-hmm. and, and our mothers teach us that we're taught generationally, you need to be independent, you know, make sure, girl, make sure you got some money in the bank, you know, you take care of yourself. You know, yeah. Yeah. Make sure you can take care of yourself. There's a, there's a lot of messages that come and, it's good in one way. In some ways, it can become a stressor, but but I think it's also served us well, like you said, to survive and thrive. We yeah, don't just survive; we thrive. And so, so, so we've learned to thrive. I, I think, and that's a generational thing with independence. Yeah. I feel like so many times, um, each generation is always trying to find out what's really different in all of them but at the end of the day we're all similar in one way we all have things that have like I said evolved just in different ways and different lights and shown us in different lights and I really am happy that I was able to dive into you know relationships sex and um, the growth and culture that has really changed over time for us because it's really minor differences. It's, they're really small, but if you really think about it, um, it's all made our generation, you know, different. And I'm trying to figure out how can I say this best, but I, what I'm really trying to say is that we may have minor differences, but we all are aiming towards the same goal. So at the end of the day, we're all trying to be happy. At the end of the day, we're trying to provide for our family or we're trying to be self-sufficient ourselves. It's just... We have been in different circumstances, different opportunities, different cultures have either prevented us or pushed us to that goal. And I think that's so interesting. And I'm really happy that you guys have came out today to do this podcast because not only for me am I learning a lot, but for our listeners, because they're able to see that the baby boomers and my mom's generation and millennials and the generation after me, we all have things that we have in common. We just have to necessarily dive into understanding them fully because, you know, every generation likes to be like, oh, we're the best. Oh no, we're the best. But at the end of the day, we are all the best. <laughs> so you just have to think about it like that. And do you guys have any final words to say to our listeners before we sign off? <laughs> Well, I, I, I agree totally with what you're saying. And I think that it's not that we're so we're more alike than we're unalike as you're saying. I think it's our approach. Exactly. To how we we deal with that because life does repeat itself. It does. You know, and oftentimes each generation says, you know, I wanna help you, but you have to you have to um build the whale again, you know, every each generation has to they build have to the whale just over like you again. Yes. And, and, and they have to do it um, in a way that makes them feel good. And sometimes I think the generation before has to learn to step back a little bit and let each generation yeah. that comes after learn it their way, even though they're pulling their hair out and saying, <laughs> I can save you so much time if you just listen to me. But that's not what life is about. And so at some point we do learn to listen and we do learn to support and we do learn to move forward. Yep. What about you, Mom? Pretty much keep threading the waters until you get it right. You know, it's different each generation and each generation consists of uh, several different components. So you got to figure out what component works for you and your family and keep striving. 
And you guys got the words from the ladies of wisdom. <laughs> you got it from the best. But I really, really hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. It's a soulful essence checking out today. Have a great Sunday. And this week will be the best week of your life. I want you guys to say that over and over. If you're in the mirror on Monday morning and you're feeling like I'm tired, I feel like trash, I want you to say this will be the best week of my life. Don't let anyone tell you not because you are soulful you are present and you are beautiful and handsome individuals out here in this world and we are going to change it one step at a time one generation at a time but let's give a round of a clap for our guest today we had my mom and my grandmother come out here but in case you want to get some more wisdom please feel free to check out Dr. Carolyn's Evertest Relationship Being. Her website is relationshipbeing.com. And if you guys would like any advice or just some simple knowledge on relationships and understanding the dynamics of them, please feel free to check out her website. And you guys know how to reach me, Soulful Essence, on all platforms, on Instagram, Twitter. But for now, have a soulful Sunday. Mm-mm. Yes, guys, I'm trying to get your attention because if you have made it to this, that means you have made it to the end of this podcast, which is fantastic. So thank you. Thank you so much for thoroughly listening to Generations, the podcast with my mother and my grandmother. But I am here to just give you guys a quick reminder of Soulful Essence pens are now available and they're only $4. You guys can purchase them through me at soulfulessencepodcast at gmail.com, soulfulessencepodcast at gmail.com. And if you're not living in the Atlanta area, I will mail them to you. So let me know if you're interested and become a soulful supporter. But also check out what's happening with Soulful Essence, a platform when I am not podcasting through my Instagram, soulfulessence underscore, and my Twitter underscore soulful essence. But for now, stay soulful and continue the support. Thank you, guys.